Hello and welcome to GP Works, the podcast about and for general practice from the Irish College of General Practitioners. My name is Joe Gallagher. I'm a GP in Goring County, Wexford. And I'm here today with my colleague, Peter Harrington. We both work in the PAMS GP Surgery, which is involved in an initiative to help improve chronic disease management in Northern Malawi. Welcome to GP Works, Peter. Thank you, Joe. So, Peter, maybe first tell me a bit about yourself and how you ended up in Goring. Well, Joe, I was uh, on the Dublin GP scheme, and uh, as last into the scheme, I got the training practice furthest away uh, from Dublin, which was Wexford Town. And I really enjoyed my time there with Tom O'Leary, learned an awful lot about being a good GP. Um, but I went from there, I'd always planned to go out to Africa, and I went from there to a six-month obstetric post to, to, to hone and improve my, my OBS experience before spending a year and a half out in Kenya. Um, came back from there to a lectureship with Bill Shannon in the College of Surgeons and after five years at the, at the end of that I was looking again for work and luckily uh, Sean Nixon was looking for a partner here in Gorey and so I landed back at the north end of Wexford near, nearer Dublin but uh, that's my circuitous route back to Gorey. Very good yeah. here still. And so tell me Peter what do you mean when we talk about global health and, and how did you become interested in it? Well, I suppose global health, when I, when I hear that phrase now, and I think uh, I, there, there might be two ends of that spectrum. There's the kind of Donald Trump view of global health, which might be that um, it doesn't really bother you greatly until uh, there's something that, that might spread into your country. So, for example, a measles outbreak in Europe might be very relevant unless you're going there uh, on your summer holidays, in which case you are giving your vaccines to, to protect your own children. So that's one view that, that says we only need to know about something if it's going to uh, bite us, essentially. The other view, I think, is probably a more Christian or more social democrat kind of view, I suppose, which I'd be sharing, which is that, you know, we're so fortunate in Ireland to have the, the, the health system we have. We absorb huge numbers of people, indeed, from the developing world. And there is a need to correct that imbalance and I think to, to give a bit back. I think the most frightening statistic is that there's more doctors from Malawi in Manchester than there are doctors from Malawi in Malawi is, is what are frightening. And uh, so the, the, the developed world gains a huge amount. And I think it's, uh, it, it leaves a substantial gap, uh, as we know, as in, in, in the poorest parts of the world. And so, Peter, how did the PAMS GP surgery become involved in global health initiatives? Well, I suppose I always hoped I'd go back to Africa, but like so many things, you get involved in family and uh, mortgages and FEMPI and uh, all sorts of things get in the way. But um, I suppose, Joe, your arrival back to the practice from Malawi, uh, I think, started an interest. And uh, we're, we're very proud in the southeast. We're the only GP scheme in Britain or Ireland that has a formal approved four month training post. So in third year of four years, you can spend four months as an option. Uh, as a doctor in a clinic uh, on the, 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 the shores of Lake Malawi and have that as approved GP training uh, as part of your four years. So you returned from that to this practice and you met myself and Alini, both of whom have been in Kenya. And um, I suppose I, I always hoped that I would end up going back to Africa in some shape or form. But we, I thought you maintained an interest perhaps more than I did. And uh, eventually, between the two of us, we applied to Irish Aid for a, a scoping grant and got some support to go out and scope um, an intervention in the area of NCDs or chronic disease and that that's what we've become involved in ever since. And you know chronic diseases are something we think about here in Ireland but are they common in some place like Malawi and you know, I suppose what is life like in Malawi for the average person? Yeah I think that's maybe the most shocking thing Joe to go back to you um, after 30 years uh, away from Africa and to go back and realise that al although there was 3G um, there wasn't tarmac in the roads and the houses were still made of, of sort of a mud and, and um, corrugated iron and so on and so a little shocking. I think Malawi 
it is it is one of the world's poorest countries, probably the poorest country in the world that's not actually involved in conflict, which is very very sad for the, for the people that have to to, to live in it. Fifty um, percent of the population is on the poverty line. One in five doesn't know where the next meal is going to come from. So to try and um, uh, I suppose uh, deliver a health service in that context is very very tricky, and uh, the support which which people receive from us uh, from others uh, in in the same sector is you know the, it's hugely appreciated. I mean, chronic diseases. Then we when I was in Africa thirty years ago, it was mostly about maternal health, vaccines, nutrition, and acute infectious diseases. And now that we are, uh, HIV was just emerging, and now that I suppose that we're starting to defeat it and life expectancy is rising again, together with a whole range of of, um, um, changes in terms of lifestyle uh, and diet, we're starting to see the same kind of diseases emerge in Africa as we're used to treating here. And I suppose just as general practice has evolved from, if you like, acute infectious disease care into chronic disease care, so we see the same thing in Malawi. So... They're crying out for assistance in, in diseases such as asthma COPD, um, um, hypertension, heart failure, and diabetes, rheumatic heart disease, uh, all of which kill, kill huge numbers. So there's a rising understanding that as we conquer our infectious diseases, we are leaving a, a group of citizens vulnerable to, to chronic disease. And I think a health service that doesn't quite know how to manage it. So there's a, a fantastic need out there. And the good news is, if you're looking for a health professional who knows how to manage chronic disease, it's probably general practice now as the as our specialist colleagues get more and more and more specialised. GPs are going to be hugely in demand as the generalists of the health system. And so how is the surgery working with health workers in Malawi to improve chronic disease care? Yeah, so, so I, I talked before about the number of doctors over here and we, our gut is that if you train a doctor, he's liable to move. Doctors are very mobile. They're rare in Malawi. They tend to, uh, as they get promoted, they move around. They take administrative posts rather than necessarily clinical posts. So our gut is that doctors are, you know, maybe not the best group to, to, um, to invest in. The, the, the whole management of chronic disease in, in Malawi as in most of the developing world, is is um, carried out by non-physicians. Uh, so you have nurses and you have clinical officers. Uh, these are scientists trained in brief three or four year training. And essentially, they're the generalists of the health service. They're in, in a county hospital, they'd be the county physician um, and surgeon, all rolled into one. So they are incredible for the level of training. They do an amazing amount of, of good work. And then there's a group of others, slightly uh, lower levels of training, so to speak, um, midwives and right down to village health workers who might have a matter of months of, of training. So our gut is this group of people, they live locally, they're employed locally, and if we can upskill them and uh, um, empower them, uh, but we, we can do a great amount of work. And that's the group that we're sort of currently involved in. So um, we, when we went out through uh, um, Esther Irish Aid support and we met a number of institutions and we said, where, where would you, what, what particularly do you struggle with? Where do you particularly want us to help you? Amazingly, asthma was the disease they looked for. And I suppose, not surprisingly, it's a symptomatic disease, so it presents symptomatically and they need to be managed today. Whereas hypertension, of course, is silent. And if you're not diagnosing it, well, you're not thinking about it. But asthma and severe asthma uh, needs uh, needs to be managed. So we thought that's quite a relatively straightforward disease. And when we looked at what they were doing, indeed, they were relying on very outdated oral medications very frequently instead of inhaled medications. Uh, probably overusing antibiotics, a whole variety of things that could be tweaked 
And so with um, a small amount of, uh, of, um, of, of input, removing the oral drugs like salbutamol and theophilus that were useless and insisting on a more del- uh, inhaler-centered sort of asthma protocol, we have effectively helped the two institutions in Malawi we work with to, to transform their asthma care. And um, they're delighted, and that's been a really easy win for us. So now we're saying, well, let's go and tackle the bigger issues. So there's heart failure, hypertension, rheumatic heart disease in kids, and then I suppose diabetes is this huge uh, illness that we probably, as I said to you before, we'll never get off diabetes, <laughs> but we, we, should, we should make a start on it. So we, what we offer really is a, a protocol to the hospital or the health centre. It's um, a sort of a know-how in terms of a simplified formulary um, education of their workers, as, for example, in the case of inhaler usage, how, how, how inhalers are used, how spaces are manufactured and used. Um, and then um, we started to try and gather data because uh, patients in Malawi tend to bring their own health record with them. So the hospital doesn't retain data on the patient. So we need uh, we've, we've supplied laptops for generating computer data so we can get a sense of what what's changing. And that's been very useful to allow, to allow audit and so on. So. Um, we've made a big hit on asthma in two institutions and now we're hoping, hoping to uh, expand to other diseases and then also to spread away because we're also conscious that health in Malawi centres around hospitals, health centres and further away from it, we're not too sure what's happening. Our gut is that there's not an awful lot of of, of chronic disease management control the further away from centres of population you move. So that's another area we need to, to get stuck into. So Peter, you mentioned you know, about the trips out there, but how do we keep in contact with people in between? I think that's changed as well. The idea of going out for six months is impossible for most GPs, both both. Exactly. I think that's important as well for our GP colleagues to be aware of because, yes, in my time, in some ways, I just said we were Mary Poppins doctors. You went out for a year and a half and you left. And when you left, well, did someone replace you or not? Not too sure. So that model is kind of gone. It's moved now much more to partnership. So GPs from Ireland or other developed countries partner with institutions and build relationships with individuals in those institutions. And we've seen how important key people are to, to, uh, to make this work. So the idea is that when we're back in Ireland and they're out in Malawi, we do still interact um, our main message, um, method is through Zoom. We have, of course, our, our, our emails and so on. But we have a Zoom, uh, which is like a Skype. Um, when internet is working correctly, uh, and usually on a Thursday lunchtime, we will talk to our um, our partners out in Malawi. And the, the idea is that they have problem cases that they will present, and we will sort of talk through aspects of management and try and, um, you know, through education and through repetition and constantly re re sort of um, emphasis. Um, we are think we're, we're making good progress in terms of education. So that model, uh, we're, we're we're a country that doesn't have electricity, but it might have three, it has very good three G. So we hope ultimately that we'll be able to deliver educational platform perhaps through Moodle or through WhatsApp, but by delivering small podcasts of information out to more more peripheral community healthcare workers and then be able to talk to them remotely 
via Zoom and WhatsApp again. We also have a WhatsApp group that occasionally sends around problem cases or problem x-rays or problem ECGs. And that's also uh, very, very easily developed in, 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 a, in, in Malawi. So in a strange world where there isn't Tarmacadam and there aren't, uh, there, there's mud huts, but there's 3G and that's kind of hard to get our heads around. But we need to maximise, I think, our use of 3G uh, and, and, um, and try to, to sort of um, improve our, our, our sort of uh, mentoring ability. You mentioned the three doctors that had worked in Africa before who were involved in the project, but are other practice members or patients involved as well? Well, yes. I mean, it's amazing when we have sat down with our staff and just outlined uh, what we were thinking three or four years ago. Uh, it is stunning. And I suppose I, I, I remember Frank Murray in the College of Physicians talking about it. You only have to ask people and they will say yes. There is this amazing bond between Ireland and the developing world where people say what do you want me to do so we've had uh, five members of the practice five doctors from the practice have actually been out to to Africa to Malawi at different times to help work on this area and uh, that's been fantastic we're hoping our first nurse will go shortly um, um, but we have received all our Malawi partners um, our two key workers and our three sort of uh, clinical uh, personnel have all been over to Ireland to the surgery to visit us and so they've met them and they understand that we've asked them to get involved in education of them so our practice nurses were teaching them ECGs, diabetic feet, uh, inhaler technique and so on. So our staff got very involved but they've also helped us to fundraise. So we have an amazing group of, 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 of secretarial staff who, who can't get involved clinically, but they are. Um, tomorrow we have a member of our staff going to Tesco in Waterford, if you're close by, and she's fundraising uh, for, for the charity. So it is amazing when you ask your practice. It's been really very good for us, I think. And uh, so that gets our staff involved. And um, I think when then the, when they've met the, the various personnel from Malawi, it's made it perhaps even more more realistic. Then and then the advantage of being in a rural town like Gori is you have the important local newspaper, the Gori Guardian, the the uh, the, the, the paper of note. Um, and so with the, the Gori Guardian, we're able to disseminate. And our patients have got interested. If they're interested in the stories. We still get 50 quids dropped in on envelopes every so often. Um, we have got some significant um, benefactors from patients and one particular uh, benefactor in town who supported the half-time employment of three uh, clinical fellows. That was Hassanain from Maria Medical Healthcare. So Hassanain was a huge sponsor. Our um, Chamber of Commerce has been interested and has given us laptops and so on. So there's been a, it's been a town effort, a practice effort, and it's, it's really very affirming for us, I think, yeah. Peter, there's a huge amount of work done already. Uh, are there plans for the future as to what we might do? We have written a number of applications for aid on our own and with other people, and we've got a recent few no's. We have a one yes, HSE Sharp. Thank you very much for saying yes. So a lot of energy now is going into actually looking for cash, unfortunately. So that takes a, a, bit, of, uh, a bit of time as well. So I suppose... Our next steps ideally would be to work in the St. John's Hospital where we've got very good traction with one of our workers and to hone the protocols for hypertension, heart disease and so on, uh, diabetes in those institutions. And then also to spread to three or four sister institutions um, and to try and devolve away and see how it works in a more peripheral area. So that's the plan. Won't take an awful lot of money. The most expensive part is actually flying out um, to meet the, the people, press the flesh, try and understand the institution, um, build relationships, and then to train. There are, we, we have ideas of OSCE type uh, skill stations where we can teach 
um, the critical skills needed, in, for example, inhaler technique, diabetic foot, um, assessment of breathless patients, that kind of work is best done in teaching workshops. So that's it from GP Works for this episode. Thank you to Peter Harrington for joining us on this podcast. We hope you like GP Works and do remember there are more episodes on our SoundCloud channel and on iTunes. Do subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out and let your colleagues know. I'm Joe Gallagher and thanks for listening. Thank you.